if you're like me and you tend to expect perfection at times, you are going to be disappointed and eventually give up. Budgeting, paying off debt, and making positive money moves isn't about being perfect every single time. It's not about being able to accurately anticipate every single expense that's going to pop up when you least expect it. It's not about sticking to your budget 100% of the time and getting a big star sticker at the end of the month. And it's definitely not about paying off debt on the schedule you set. Hey, this is Allison and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. In today's episode, I'm gonna be sharing four budget and money tips that everyone should know, especially beginners. As a former teacher, I was obligated to teach personal finance in my Texas public school. Now, before you drop everything you're doing and give me a standing ovation, you should know that while we were required to teach personal finance, it was more of a, hey, be sure to touch on this, but it's not super important, so don't spend too much time on it, okay? Kind of topic. Basically, it wasn't a heavily tested topic on the dreaded end-of-year state assessment. This means that teachers had to touch on personal finance, but we couldn't spend our valuable time on this particular unit, which means that as a teacher who personally loves budgeting, I flew through that curriculum as fast as the teachers around me. We worked four, maybe five days max on covering personal finance. Yep. That's it. Five days to learn about budgeting, income taxes, property taxes, the difference between gross and net income, and how to write a check, despite the fact that I haven't seen someone write a check in public since I was standing in line in the grocery store in 2007 and an old lady pulled out her checkbook to pay after I had all my groceries on the belt. Needless to say, I'm guessing that what I taught during my five-day time span didn't really stick in the minds of my students for the long run. I'm also guessing that maybe you, yes, you, also don't have a history of learning about budgeting or personal finance in school. If you're one of the few who learned how to budget, use credit cards responsibly, and dare I say it, invest, before leaving your parents' house, then you are certainly in the minority. So fast forward to where you are today, and you likely have been winging it with your money. You're likely learning on the go and making choices that you're still paying off, literally. But do you want to hear the good news? Learning how to write a budget and manage your money better can completely change the game for you. Simple and consistent changes in the right direction with your money compound over time, and they have the ability to make a lasting impact on your future and your family's future as well. But what if you're just getting started? Or what if you have tried budgeting and managing your money in the past, but you continue to fall into the same patterns? You try budgeting, things get complicated, unexpected expenses pop up, and you're right back to square one. Well, don't worry. I'm sharing four budgeting and money tips that everyone should know. These tips will help you think differently about one of the most important parts of your life, your money. These are tips that everyone should know, no matter if you're a budgeting newbie or an advanced investor. Without further ado, let's dive in. Tip number one is to let go of the idea of perfection. I want us to jump in a time machine and go all the way back to the year 2010. I was dating my now husband, Matt, and he had introduced me to Guitar Hero. Now, for anyone who is not familiar with this game, it's essentially when you use a guitar-shaped video game controller. Yes, a guitar-shaped 
video game controller to follow along with a song beat. Levels range from easy to advanced, and I'm a tad embarrassed to admit that I had become downright obsessed with perfecting Lady Gaga's song Poker Face on Guitar Hero. I would practice this song on repeat over and over again. In fact, my husband's best friend, Adam, could somehow magically see our Xbox history, which sounds like a privacy invasion to me, but I digress. (laughs) And he even asked Matt why he had played Poker Face on repeat for over two hours guilty. (laughs) Side note, recently I wondered what on earth I did with all my free time before I had kids, and now I remember. I spent my time fixated on a video game. Anyway, I remember becoming obsessed over this goal of hitting every single note in this song perfectly. Now, I'm not a naturally musical person, so this was actually a challenge for me. I can't carry a beat, I don't understand rhythm, and I don't play any musical instruments. I'd practice, practice, and practice until I would eventually chunk the guitar-shaped controller on the sofa, sigh, and just give up completely. I expected perfection of myself and I had failed. I never did make a perfect score on that song. And it's likely because it was a completely unrealistic goal for someone who lacked any ability to hear a beat or a rhythm. You might be wondering, what does Guitar Hero have to do with budgeting, money, and your finances? Well, a lot actually. If you're like me and you tend to expect perfection at times, you are going to be disappointed and eventually give up. You'll throw your own guitar-shaped controller out the window, except in this case, it's not a controller. Instead, it's your budget or your debt payoff plan. Budgeting, paying off debt, and making positive money moves isn't about being perfect every single time. It's not about being able to accurately anticipate every single expense that's going to pop up when you least expect it. It's not about sticking to your budget 100% of the time and getting a big star sticker at the end of the month. And it's definitely not about paying off debt on the schedule you set, even though that schedule didn't include an unexpected vet bill for your dog who decided that a big old Hershey bar would be a nice after dinner snack. (laughs) If that was the case, then no one, I repeat, no one would ever succeed. So it's time to let go of the idea that perfection is in reach. It's not. In fact, I'd like you to take the possibility of perfection completely off the table. I think we can all have a collective sigh of relief right now that perfection is off the table. Writing a budget that works, paying off your dreaded student loans, and investing, it's not about being perfect every time. On the contrary, it's about deciding that your future, your goals are worth the effort. You are worth the effort when it comes to your money. You care enough to keep coming back to your budget and your goals. So don't let the idea of perfection stand in the way of making progress with your money. It's time to pick up your guitar-shaped controller, I mean, your budget, and keep working on it. Not because you want to be perfect, but because you know that progress comes from consistency over time. Tip number two is to understand that deprivation won't get you anywhere. 
So years ago, I decided that for the month of February, I would start waking up at 5 a.m., a full hour before I normally got up for the day. I figured that rising an hour earlier would be life-changing for me. I mean, aren't there a ton of books about how getting up earlier is so amazing? I would imagine all the things I could accomplish with no interruptions from my family for a full 60 minutes. I thought that waking up at 5 a.m. would make me a better mom, a better wife, employee, and overall a better person. But as it turned out, getting up an hour earlier only made me grumpy, impatient, exhausted, and an overall miserable person to be around. The big mistake I made was to jump right in to waking up early without easing my way into the process. You see, I wasn't going to bed any earlier, which means I was depriving myself of my normal amount of sleep, the amount of sleep that allowed me to function and be a decent person to be around. This deprivation and somewhat extreme change in my schedule led to failure. The same thing can happen with your money. Depriving yourself of spending any money on what you want in life, it leads to burnout. Mathematically, it makes sense, right? I get it. It makes sense mathematically to only spend money on what you need in life. In fact, there are tons of books out there that are going to tell you to just spend less money and cut out every single extra expense in your life. However, while it might make sense mathematically to cut out all of your spending and deprive yourself, it doesn't make sense emotionally. I want to repeat that. While it might make sense mathematically, it does not make sense emotionally. It's okay to want to pay off debt and still spend some money on things that bring you joy. Yes, even if you don't need them. Spending money isn't bad. It's okay to spend money on what you love while still saving and reaching your other financial goals. The truth is that money is math, but money is also emotional. And it's important that we accept that there are emotions behind our spending and take that into account as well, because otherwise you're just ignoring it completely. And guess what? You're going to deprive yourself and you're going to fail. If you keep depriving yourself and living on this super tight, unrealistic budget that allows you no room for spending or fun, you're going to give up on your money journey. It's just not sustainable in the long run. But when you stop living on this unrealistic budget and you stop depriving yourself, something magical happens. Budgets are no longer a burden. They are no longer this thing that you do to reach your money goals. They are no longer a consequence, a negative consequence for your past money choices. When you stop writing a budget that will deprive you of everything, you will actually start to see your budget and your money in a completely different way. Your budget becomes your path, your solution to reach your money goals, no matter how big or small they are. So from this point on, from this moment on, I want you to give yourself room to live your life in every budget that you write. You can still strike a balance between working to meet your money goals and enjoying your life as well. And when you're able to write a realistic budget that is balanced, your budget becomes something that you can actually stick to. 
Today's episode is brought to you by my free budgeting and debt payoff cheat sheet. In this cheat sheet, I'm going to be giving you everything you need to kickstart your budget and start paying off debt fast. I'll be sharing with you the most important part of budgeting so that way you can focus on what really works. I'll also be sharing with you how to find more money in your budget and the fastest way to pay off debt. This cheat sheet is so amazing and you can grab it for free by going to inspirebudget.com slash cheat sheet or just click the link in my show notes. Tip number three is one that I was not anticipating ever being something I would say, but I will stand by this statement from here on out. And it is that you reserve the right to pivot when it comes to your money. In the spring of 2022, I hopped on a plane and met up with two of my friends, as well as a few other business owners in Mexico. We spent our mornings drinking cappuccinos and working on our small businesses in this gorgeous open-air cafe at the resort, and our afternoons were spent by the pool or the beach where we had the best conversations I've had in a while. And one particular conversation we had was about how we, as people, reserve the right to pivot or have a plot twist when it comes to our life, our goals, and our money. I'm guessing you've made a few bold statements in your life. I know I have. (laughs) Some of those statements might even be about money. And while everyone has the right to make bold statements, you also have the right to pivot and change your mind later in life. As you grow, learn more, and experience what life has to offer, It's okay and natural and wonderful to change your mind. Let me give you an example. Years ago, I'm talking like 10, 8, 10 years ago, I believed that credit cards were awful. I associated credit cards with debt and frankly, being irresponsible. Yet as I have grown to learn more about myself and do the work to develop self-discipline with money, I no longer dislike or have any disdain for credit cards. In fact, I appreciate them greatly. The old Allison hated credit cards. I made a promise, or the old Allison (laughs) made a promise to never get one ever, ever, ever. But the current Allison booked her Mexico beach vacation trip using credit card points. Now, I never carry a credit card balance, and surprise, I use credit cards responsibly. I am allowed and I was able to pivot when it came to how I view and use credit cards. When it comes to your money, budgeting, debt, and investing, you reserve the right to pivot however you choose. And you know what? You're going to. As you learn more about managing your money, as you make money mistakes, and as you experience more that life has to offer, you should pivot and change your money outlook. It's only natural to grow and change your thoughts as you gain new experiences in your life. So let me say this and let me be clear. You don't have to stick by the declarations you set when it comes to your money. Gosh, even saying that out loud feels so freeing to me. We are allowed to change our minds when it comes to the money goals we set. We're allowed to change our minds when it comes to how we view debt or how or when we want to invest. Right now, you might think it's irresponsible to invest even if you have debt, but over time, you're free to change your mind about that. You are free to pivot with your money and your budget.
My final and budgeting tip that I think everyone should know is a big one and one that every single person who is listening to this right now is going to encounter. And that is lifestyle creep is harder to fix than you think. I'm going to tell you a story about a fictional family. Let's call them the Davis family. This family has a budget and they're making their minimum debt payments just fine. Well, at the beginning of the year, the wife receives a 5% raise, which congrats, let's celebrate women earning more money. All of a sudden, the Davis family has, let's just say, an extra $400 each month to spend. Not too shabby. I mean, $400, that's good money. Now, instead of choosing to use this extra income for debt payments or investments, they decide that it's time to treat themselves. Now, if you're a Parks and Rec fan like me, then I just want you to imagine Tom and Donna on their annual Treat Yourself Day. This is what the Davis family decides to do every month. Their extra $400 income each month is immediately spent on takeout, maybe another membership, shopping for their home, or maybe they buy something and get a loan out for new furniture. I think we can both agree that spending an extra $400 each month isn't that difficult these days. Well, after several months, or maybe even after years, the Davis family realizes that they're having trouble affording their lifestyle. Everything's more expensive. They aren't making progress on their debt payments. Maybe they are even going further into debt. What happened was their expenses crept up slowly over time and the family didn't even notice it was happening. Unfortunately, the Davis family increased their level of norm. And as their norm increases, they need more money to cover all of their expected expenses. Now, this happens every year to many people. It's what lifestyle creep is. Heck, it's even happened to me. Lifestyle creep, it's a tricky beast because it usually starts very slowly. What starts as one small purchase here or an extra subscription there or higher loan payment over there, it can snowball quickly. Now, I don't think that we should have to live a life of complete sacrifice or deprivation. I really don't, as evidenced in tip number two that I shared, because I think that that deprivation can actually lead to serious overspending because you feel so deprived. I truly believe that it's okay to spend part of your increased income, but managing your lifestyle creep, it comes down to balance. Finding balance between your increased income requires you to have an active voice with your money. Balance requires you to communicate and come to an agreement with others in your family, which let's be honest, is sometimes easier said than done. And it also requires us as people and as adults to make an active decision on what we want to spend money on versus how much we want to save or invest. Here's the truth. Finding balance with your money is possible, but it takes intention. It takes awareness to not fall victim to a level of lifestyle creep that is harmful. I do believe that some lifestyle creep is okay. The problem is when we go all in on the lifestyle creep because we are completely unaware that it's happening. Thankfully, finding balance, being intentional and aware with your money can be done. So there you have it. 
No matter where you are on your money journey, these four budget and money tips will help you think differently about your finances and your goals. Just to recap, here's what they are. Tip number one is to let go of the idea of perfection when it comes to your budget and your money. Tip number two is that depriving yourself of spending any money on what you want is not going to get you anywhere. In fact, it can actually backfire and lead to overspending. Tip number three is that you reserve the right to pivot when it comes to your money and financial beliefs. Tip number four is to find balance when it comes to lifestyle creep. Some lifestyle creep is okay, but too much lifestyle creep is really hard to fix. At the end of every solo episode, I like to answer a question that was sent in on Instagram. Today's question comes from Kaylin, and she says, I'm 38 with an eight-year mortgage. Should I stop contributing to my 401k to pay off my mortgage, then ramp up my 401k? This is a great question, and I think that a lot of people have this feeling, especially as they're getting close to being done paying off a large debt, such as a mortgage, they're starting to wonder, oh my gosh, should I just pause everything, speed up this process, and then focus on investing? And my answer is no. Oh my goodness. When it comes to investing in the stock market and with the way compound interest works is that the longer your money is actually sitting in the stock market, then the longer amount of time and the more amount of time it has to compound and hopefully grow by a lot. And since you're talking about a mortgage, I'm going to go ahead and assume that that interest rate on that mortgage is not super high. It's nothing above 7%, which means that that interest rate isn't killing you. It's not making it impossible for that mortgage to be paid off. So what I would do is I would continue on with paying off your mortgage, plan on being done within eight years, you're so close, and really focusing on investing in that 401k, especially if you have a match. If you have a match, that is free money. So I don't want you to miss out on that opportunity. And with the fact that you're 38 and you might be wanting to retire in the next 20 to 25 years, then I want you to be able to have that time, those two to three decades for that money to be sitting in your 401k, consistently adding money every month, every paycheck, so that way it can grow and you have this retirement money available. Also, not to mention that eight-year mortgage, that's that's not a long mortgage. So you'll be You'll be done with that sooner than you think. Even if you wanted to increase your principal a little bit, you could do that to maybe pay it off in seven years. But I still think that you should be focusing on your investing in your 401k 100% so that you give compound interest time to do what it does best. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review wherever you're listening. I read these personally and it's just very encouraging to be able to see that you're enjoying the podcast. And every single time someone leaves a rating or review, it actually pushes the podcast out to possibly more people. And it tells places like Spotify and Apple Podcasts that this is a podcast we should share with others. So it's an easy way for you to help me and I get to receive some feedback as well on the podcast. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode all about student loan repayment options. So if you have debt, if you have student loans, then you're not going to want to miss this one. I'll see you next week.